Welcome back, everybody, to Top Shelf, a guide to high-quality leadership, spirits, and everything in between. Oh, yeah. Season 2, Episode 2. It's like a bad movie just keeps replaying. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was thinking number 22. It was like, well, like a sports analogy, but I love yours, man. Uh, yeah, great. You know, we cut right to the jugular here with that one. And um, we we're going to, we're going to, today we're going to discuss business calls, email etiquette. We're also going to discuss uh, eliminating distractions. And for you, the cocktail du jour is the classic mojito in mocktail. And cocktail version, as I'm still in my uh, 42 days of sobriety. But uh, a little lighter um, business we want to talk to. Clint, did you hear the news? Big news. What's the news? No. Zellers is going to make a comeback. 25 stores in Canada. From a business perspective, give me your thoughts on it. I, I'm very... I would say against it, just because I watched the turmoil of what Target did and how it failed. But what are your thoughts? So Zeddy's coming back. Zeddy the bear. Zeddy the bear. Yeah, I used to coming. have one. Oh, yeah. 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 Bringing them out of the storage. I'm going to call mom and dad. Yeah. Um, wow, that's that's incredible. No, it's so on it. Well, for just off the top of my head, you shocked me with this. We're doing this, um, you know, ad hoc here. And I don't know if that's going to work. What do you mean, Zellers? They failed. They're done. Yeah, we saw brick and mortar stores, and you looked it up, but I thought brick and mortar stores were on the downward spiral because of Amazon, because of online shopping. But you're, the results, I guess, show that people are going back into some of these stores. I, I just don't see the business plan or business case how you're going to circumvent or oust Walmart. Like, who's going to go to Zellers? Are you going to go there once? For the nostalgia, the feel of "Hey, I'm at Zeller's again." I, I, so are they? Are they? They're doing e-commerce and brick and mortar. Is, are they having their own locations, or what are they doing? Yeah, the the business plan that they're providing and sharing is that they're going to put 25 stores inside the existing brick and mortar bay stores. So you're going to walk into a bay, and then maybe a a corner or a floor is Zellers, and the rest of the store is the Bay. Oh, yeah, Hudson Bay, because they're the parent company. Yeah, they're, yeah, and I sense. think Hudson Bay is kind of on the ropes, as you you kind of say it. I, I'm not, I just don't see, as a business leader, how you write a plan for that. It, when you watch Target, and Target's a pretty big brand and pretty big company, and I mean, there were some pitfalls to it, but everyone was excited Target was here, but it only lasted a couple years. And Zeller's uh, closed because of Walmart nine years ago. So I, Walmart hasn't left. No, 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 no. I, you know, I could see from the Bay's perspective, like they have a lot of floor space in their in their brick and mortar stores that are, it's unutilized from a, what's, what's the word called? Um, not a marketing, but uh, when you basically uh, set up your store, all the material and the displays, what's that called? It starts with an M. Uh, anyways, starts with an M. It starts with an M. I'm not a retail guru, but you, you know, I could see that they they want to optimize space and they want to take some of maybe their lower priced items. And a lot of people don't associate the bay with lower priced items, so maybe that's the target market. Is you come in, uh, no pun intended, target market. But yeah, you come in. Uh, they're advertising online. 
not only do we have the bay where you can buy the high-end stuff, but we also got the stuff that we're competing with with Walmart that you can come in and grab that as well. And grab a Zeddy for your kid on the way out, right? So yeah, I, I don't know. I wonder if they're going to have the Zeddies back, uh, the little teddy bears. Yeah, the, the mascot was great. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking about baby boomers. I'm thinking about my parents. They don't buy stuff online. They still like to go to the mall. They still like to go in the stores. But that that, but that bar- familiar that familiarity is gone. It was nice. Twenty thirteen, it closed. Yeah, yeah and we're not going to turn the clocks back. It's the no. prices aren't going to be the same. So the prices are going to be the same price. The They're going to use they that as their, their discount hub for all the stuff they can't sell already in Hudson Bay. That's my thought. Right? They've got the vendors in play. If they market it properly, maybe. But you're right. I don't know. It's to me, I don't think it's going to work out. Yeah. So. I'm going to put a pin in that. We're going to wrap that up. But I, I, I thought it was interesting from a business perspective that the bringing it back and, and I wanted to share kind of a little bit of back and forth on, on Zellers. Is there a timeline for that? Do you know, do you know when they're doing that or no, is I it think, just this year? I think they want to have it up and running by the end of uh, this year or next year. So, you know, good luck to them. Uh, you know, I'm a little Canadian bit optimistic. Yes. Yeah, yeah, always yeah. rooting for the Canadian yeah, companies. Yeah, of course. Um, so let's jump into our business calls and email and an etiquette. And when we start talking about business calls and an email etiquette, what I what I wanted to present is um, how we establish expectations for, for how we operate, what we want out of it. And I got a couple things here: five P's. Uh, of business calls and, and etiquette and the five p's for me are to be present to be polite to be professional to be personable and and above all else be prepared when you're making business calls so when you're phoning somebody for from a new business or you're just doing an introduction you may want to just say hey and establish hey i'm just going to be calling for an introduction just want to let you know who i am and what i'm when i'm when i'm doing as opposed to trying to sell 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 you want to be professional about it but you also want to be personable and you don't want to waste people's time especially on the phone if you're going to make the effort to make the phone call be prepared to to discuss you know the topic you want to discuss and 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 do a lot of listening as well yeah you know you're always told to be to be prompt right with you want to deliver that message promptly but then we talk about small talk. So I think there is a place and time for small talk. You want to get to know somebody. Hey, you know, you do, that's really how you get there. It's not all about business. You're trying to build a relationship. Um, but then you also don't want to waste somebody's time. So like know your audience, know who you're talking to. If it is an introductory call, no small talk. If it's somebody that you've already built rapport with, then absolutely. Let's have some small talk. How are the kids? How was that trip you just yep. went on? Yep. You get a 10. Breaking the ice that way and then easing into a sales conversation, far easier than just hitting somebody with it, right? So Yeah, agreed. It's the personal connection a lot of the time that gets sales done or uh, move something forward or move a project forward. It's always that personal touch in, in how you present it and how you present yourself with them. Here's a big one for me um, that that I've, I've run to a lot in speaking to people, they always say to you, hey, um, I want to call you back. I really want to talk to you about something. And they don't. What was the purpose of 
leading somebody on if you had no intention if you're just posturing and, and putting putting your you know your face forward to say hey i'm going to call you back i have something i want to talk to you about and then leaving that person on the hook i've called the, i've called those people back before and i've left emails with zero response so why waste people's time if you have no intention let them you can be um you could be mindful and be kind just say hey you know what I don't intend to call you back or or something in that realm where I just I'm not, I don't have a, a timeline that'll call you back or I, maybe there's some issues that will come up and, and I just don't have time for that right now. I got a question for you. Yeah. What was her name? Oh no, that's not at all. No. <laughs> oh, business. Sorry. Business. Yes, business. Yeah. Yes, no. Sorry. I. You look heartbroken. It, it 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 did upset me. I was at a, a function and and uh, a executive leader had reached out to me and. and Physically approached me and said, "Hey, I'm gonna. I want to talk to you about some business um, uh, projects and, a, and an approach." I said, "Fantastic, right? I already have his phone number. I have his email address. He didn't. Call, he didn't call me after a week." I said, "Okay, well, I'm gonna be proactive. I'll call. Left a voicemail, and then I sent an email, just a follow-up email, and nothing. It's been six months. So, if you want." Just yeah. don't bother telling yeah, yeah. me that you wanna to to call or you're gonna make an effort. It's the don't it's, posture. It's, it's the it's exactly. yeah, it's posture. Yeah, right? posturing. So, he's at a party. He's trying to appease everybody. In no way did he even, you know, mean what he said. But he said it, and don't say it if you don't mean it, yeah. right? So I agree. I mean, he could at least phone you back and say, "Hey, you know that business idea I was telling you about kind of fell through the cracks. If something comes up in the future, like that courtesy call, right?" Yep. Um, and to your point, your big pet peeve is just even if you you don't want to call somebody, just call them back. It's yeah. the right thing to do. Yeah. Touch base. You know, yeah, you you can close it up then. So yes. if I leave, if I leave a voicemail and you 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 listen to the voicemail because you got to clear it out. Make the effort just to call back and say, hey, sorry about that. I got things came up. I don't have anything for you this time or I I lost what I was going to you know, talk to you about. Totally. But at least close the door. Don't leave it wide open and, and, and people thinking that, hey, maybe he's going to call, maybe he's not. And for, for the people that make the effort, I mean, when do we stop? Yeah. Right? Do, yeah. I don't want to keep phoning and I don't want to bother you. If you have no interest in talking to me, I, I can't keep phoning. I'm not a stalker, so I well. Mean, it's and it goes right against what your you know the etiquette that we're talking about, yeah. right? So it's it's uh, you know well I have one too. I mean I was thinking about this long and hard, and and one of the big things for me, and we talk about business calls and emails, um, and what I think is appropriate is you know email for me is is great for getting people together, sharing information, sharing data and forms and attachments, pictures. Uh, you know, I love email for that, but if you ever want to promise, like solve a problem as a leader, especially with some of your direct reports, or maybe it's with your direct leader, maybe it's with a client, you pick up the phone. You know, that personal touch of actually calling, touching base, um, I find with emails, you know, with inflection and, and, and grammar and, you know, if things aren't 100% perfect, and if people, you don't have that rapport with them, they're reading in between the lines, it might come across aggressive, it might come across condescending. If you pick up a phone and you actually call somebody and talk to them, then it comes across exactly how it's meant to come across yep. and you're solving problems. So Yeah, with that too, you don't know if the email you sent actually was looked at unless you have that little checkbox done, but they, they might not even looked at the email. Or they looked at it, but they didn't read it. So it's two different things. Yeah, they right? skim it. They skim yeah. it. They never got the, the, 
what you were trying to come across with when you talk to them in a physical state yes you're able to work things out yeah my so my rule of thumb is if it's a problem you're trying to solve pick up the phone yeah if it's just information you need to share or a schedule email is totally appropriate and keep and, it keep yeah. it short right people don't have the time now with the amount of emails that are flowing yes. 60 to 100 a day yes um, the gentleman, uh, Tim Ferriss, the four hour work week, he has, actually establishes when he'll look at emails. If there's a CC, he just deletes some. He's, he's next level, but he has a system. And if it, if you don't work within his system and he, he lets everybody know how he functions, he's just not going to get back to you. And, and you kind of, I mean, for him, he maybe loses the person, personable touch because he's just not reachable because he's made you know at that upper echelon but at the same time when we're working with people we need to respond well yes yeah yeah and I, you know and his his model might work for him and the business that mm -hmm. he's in i think it needs to be custom tailored to the industry you're in mm -hmm. the people you work with the the clients you're serving um but i agree with you it needs to be brief um it needs to be personable and and definitely proofread your emails you know, a yeah. lot of a lot of mistakes out there and it's it's easy to rush through but you know hit that spell check that grammar check a lot of programs now will actually just tell you what you need to put when you need to put your apostrophes and commas yeah. and all that stuff yeah. but you know I, I find it really deflates an email kind of like the amount of ums i do in the podcast we're well, working on it we're working i'm working on it, working on it. Yeah. um um yeah don't don't, <laughs> don't do it on purpose yes right? you know it sounds terrible and and you know it, there was somebody that actually uh, did a ted talk and they were giving examples of them just talking about nothing and no context in their conversation at all. Right, right. And he's talking, he was very engaged, gauging, but he wasn't actually saying anything. And I was totally engaged with what he was saying. And as soon as he started saying um and ah, uh, but he was telling us the same story, you totally lose engagement. It's absolutely incredible, the science behind it. So, yeah. um, um, and they um, didn't, yeah. I mean, my biggest thing, if, if someone has the F, puts in the effort to leave a voicemail or send a text message to you, just respond to it. You, you can be short and sweet, but just respond to it. Close it up. Don't leave it open. I don't know if it's a common decency thing or just a generational thing, but to have, you know, some effort to leave a nice voicemail, you know, listen to it and then respond back, but to, to, to not respond at all and just just pretend like it never happened. It's just not a, not a good way to run a business, not a good way to manage people, not, not a good way to treat people in, as in, in general. Well, you so you lose the biggest piece, which is trust, right? You spent yeah. all this time building a relationship with somebody and, and trust is, that bridge is burnt and you don't want to have to approach that person ever again. My trick I do is that even if I don't have time to read the email, I will respond to somebody and say, hey, just so you know, super busy right now, I'm going to get on that email and I'll return, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. I basically told them, I haven't read your email, but not because I don't want to, I just don't have the time to do it. Right. And I think that that's far better to say that and eat a bit of crow than to just, like you said, not do it at all. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we will jump ship here and we'll go from business calls and email etiquette. We're going to go move into eliminating distractions as Clint plays with his keys, um, the shiny thing on the, on the desk. And we want to eliminate distractions in our workplace. And as leaders, 
we, we kind of have to identify and know what some of our triggers are. So our distractions could be our social media, it could be our phones, it could be video games. It could be a number of different things, but we want to identify and we want to try to eliminate them. Okay. And we, why we want to eliminate them? Cal Newport, uh, the the um, pitcher for author. Uh, the Phillies. Yeah, no, not no, he's not a pitcher. No. Twelve strikes in a 12, row. Twelve strikes. <laughs> no, Cal Newport, um, author of Deep Work, uh, has done a ter- terrific job of of focusing and and honing in on actual real work for the average person. And out of an eight hour workday, we really only have with our attention span about four hours of actual real deep work that we can complete in a day so if we have distractions and it's pulling us away are we gonna be able to benefit from those four hours those actual real four hours of of work we can do and then the remaining four hours generally speaking are just you know light emails or doing research or uh, you know looking up things but that first four hours, we really want to hone in on it. And it's different for every everybody. It could be in the mornings that you have your focus. And you don't want to break your focus by having text messages or you have your phone buzzing and beeping and calling. You really want to stay with it. And when we want to do that, we want to establish, we want to clarify with ourselves, what do we want to accomplish in that four hours? What do we want to accomplish in the day? It's important to, uh, to write an agenda for the day. Yeah. Yeah, or or a, or a checklist of what I want to yeah, what do I want to do today? Well, you know, especially like I used to be a technician in telecommunications, and one of the hardest things for me was I always had like a route or like a, a call list for the day, and I could check it off as I went, and it was very fulfilling for me. I got my job done. I had mm-hmm. eight calls mm-hmm. today, all done, ready to go home. Yeah. And as soon as I stepped into a managerial leadership position, I found it really hard to quantify what I was doing on a daily basis. So one of my tricks is I would write out an agenda. These are the top priority things I need to do today. Yep. This is what I need to do within the next two days. This is what I need to do in the next five days or a week. Crossing those off gave me so much gratification and it really made me feel like I was accomplishing stuff. So one of the things on there is checking out all the sales um, opportunities at Zellers. Yeah, I know no they got a big sales Check those sales, right. yes. <laughs> no, so, but that's it, right? Um, and now with uh, the AI and everything on our systems, when we click on a website, we're all, all automatically getting, you know, commercials, which draw our attention. Smart for you, Amazon and Google and Microsoft, that you can draw our attention away from our the actual deep work we want to accomplish. Oh, there's a sale here. Oh, I like that jacket. But no, we want to keep the focus, right? We want to eliminate uh, our, our, our break in our time. And so that could be putting our phone into silent mode, putting it at a distance, safe distance away from you where you're committing to the work. And then you'll check your phone for calls or text messages in an hour or two where you've really focused. You got your some of your things off of your list done complete. You, you, you want to eliminate those things. Maybe it's an app on your phone that you use all the time. Maybe it's time to delete that app and maybe just look it up online when you have time. Yeah, you, you take an app off your phone, you're forced to go back to your computer to look it up. And that's a step. Like imagine Facebook, you could only log into Facebook 10 yeah. years ago Email, on, yeah. your, on your personal computer. That's right. Now you have it on your phone. 
But if you take it off your phone, now you got to go to a computer to log in. Of course, you know, you don't want your employees doing that at work, your social media policy, probably. But um, one thing I work on and I've been trying to do is, is turning off all notifications. So all yeah, the notifications That's, easy. Are that's off. an easy one. It's easy, a good one. super simple. So the app's still on my phone, no notifications, nothing distracting me. And I put my, my phone on mute. So not vibration, but mute. There's nothing that's actually distracting me. And then I can get to work. Yeah, I like the fact that I, I've done that too, where I don't see that emails pop up because there's 60, 100 a day. It allows me to focus on my tasks for the day. And I'll, I can pop back into Outlook or or your email system to look and, and then you know add a new checklist because you're going to get through some things for the day and then you're going to have some new priorities. Yeah. But to have those messages keep popping up, if you if you estimate 60 in a day, that's probably an email every five to 10 minutes. So how much actual work are you getting done? You're just bouncing back and forth, checking out emails. So really, you know, eliminating those distractions. I'm not going to say, I'm not, I don't want to say we're going to just slow them down. Let's eliminate them so we can actually complete the work. And a, a famous quote by Tony LaRusa, there are always distractions if you allow them. And that's true. There's always going to be a distraction. Oh, there's a bird outside or there's somebody just walked by my desk or someone's talking at the water cooler. Put in the effort, you know, keep your head down, focus on your task because the quality of work you do with your focus is going to be way better than that that broken up work you're doing with all of those distractions. Tony LaRusa, head coach of the Dodgers, right? 86 to 92? No, he's St. Louis, but good good try. Okay, yeah. 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 Close. Yeah, close. Close. The, well, so one of the big distractions for me specifically in in the role that I previously held was was meetings and my schedule yep. and understanding that meetings are necessary but there are a lot of meetings that are unnecessary and we talked about this earlier probably in I think podcast one or two there if you're not adding value to a meeting or you're not getting any value out of a meeting then you should not be in that meeting now you can hop into meetings upon request hey Clint need you to hop in this meeting because you are the SME on this specific topic the yeah. subject matter expert could you jump in on this meeting I need you to really uh, have my back on this or one of your employees is running a meeting for the first time can you get my back and, and make sure I'm doing things right and give me some feedback absolutely but if you're sitting through an hour-long meeting and you're not adding any value or getting anything out of the meeting, that's a meeting you got to get out of your schedule because that's a meeting that's. But you, you're talking about two different meetings here now. So you have a in-person meeting, yes, or a Skype or Teams meeting. Those are two different meetings, right? So you can almost schedule it on a Skype meeting or a Teams meeting where you come in. I'm going to bring Clinton. 15 minutes in i'll just ping you when we need you i mean that's a new way of doing it right so yes um it's different when you have to be in a room or you, i mean you could say clint i would like you to go first i know you're busy but as a leisure you can identify this clint's going to come in he's going to do his first 15 minutes then he's going to go work on something else we don't need him for the rest of the time that's that's the evolution of a leader yeah you have to put some thought into it and understand yeah. that everybody's busy right and the blocks of a 30 minute meeting or a 60 minute meeting, well, why can't it just be a 20 minute? You can customize that. I'm gonna have an 18 minute meeting. Yeah, it's the evolution of leader. So we could, the leader could be in there for 60 minutes, but it could have cycled through, you know, four or five different people and get everything that needs to be done in that cycle. And that leaders now have all the engagement of all the people in that room 
and it only used up 10 to 15 minutes of your time. Great. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. Um, I don't have anything more on eliminating distractions. I just really, you know, I, I personally have focused in on it. I've read a ton of books. Uh, Cal Newport, like I mentioned, to Tim Ferriss. Um, those are upper echelon kind of leaders that uh, I like to read their books. Um, Cal Newport's Deep Work and Tim Ferriss' The 4-Hour Workweek. Um, shout outs to those guys. Great information, great learnings for, for anyone and everyone that's in business and, and, and leadership. We're going to get into the fun part of... of... Can I close with one thing? Oh, yeah. Go, absolutely. Cut, yeah, yeah. Cut, cut, cut me oh, Yeah, business cut etiquette. You never cut somebody off while they're talking. But yeah. I know one thing I just... I want to close with eliminating distractions, working mm-hmm. from home almost specifically. But, but overarching, you have to own your shit. It's your distractions. Your distractions are not the same as my distractions, no. right? No, so no, absolutely. We all have different households. It's all individualized. So yep. you know your distractions. It's on you to eliminate your own distractions or to set up those safeguards. Right? Barriers, maybe. Barriers. Yep. Uh, turn off the notifications. If you're not doing that and you're overwhelmed at work and you're over-distracted, ask for help, sure. But they, ultimately, it's on you. It's on you. Yeah. So that's, that's It just builds pressure, right? Bing, 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 all the emails. How do I handle it? Just turn them off, and then and and set up your your plan for the day. You have to chiggity check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, here we go. So, our cocktail du jour, uh, the classic mojito, and I'm going to give you the origin story, which I looked up, and and I was really impressed with with this uh, origin story as Clint makes it in the background. So. Uh, I'll try to do it justice. A moonshine rum type alcohol was mixed with mint, lime, and sugarcane syrup to ward off illness. When pirates invaded Cuba, the drink was introduced to Pirate Drake, where he promptly used rum in place of the Cuban moonshine. The drink took on the name El Draca until it became the Mojito. I mean, what a cool origin story. The pirates and, and uh, Clint's bouncing around the, uh, the mint here. Uh, but, but pirates and Cuban drinks with, with moon, Cuban moonshine? I mean, it's kind of um, something, something unique. I don't believe you. Well, this is what it tells me online here. And so what is in a mojito? I will walk you through as Clint makes, uh, muddles the mint and the simple syrup together. So a mojito uh, leaded um, is white rum, is simple syrup, is muddled mint, is soda water, and then a lime. And you muddle the lime, the simple syrup, and the mint together. What is muddling? Yeah, oh, he's breaking tables here. So he's muddling away. So you know we're actually doing these in person. So we're not, you know, pre-making these. And then for the the mocktail, uh, we are going with a uh, non-alcoholic distilled spirit. It's called the Lumet. Um, it's bright and light, zero percent alcohol, and uh, and distilled in Vancouver. So we're gonna we're gonna try this. That's gonna be me because I'm still on the uh, 42 days of sobriety, and feeling good, getting trim, 
And now Clint's adding the soda water in a long, tall glass with ice. That's should the that's straw. the mocktail. Okay, straw, should have a straw. Um, I have to do my job. Clint got very upset last week. We need to take pictures of it. So let me just take a quick pic. We'll post it up on um, on Twitter. There we go. Along with the recipe. Yeah, we'll post up the recipe for everybody. You know, Here we go. My take on the classic mojito. Okay, Cheers. and the mocktail. I do like that mint and lime. Uh, it's such a good mix. Is that nice. You know, you take a little bit of mint and lime and you just put it in water and you That's great. set it overnight. Uh, it's absolutely it's, it's beautiful. Fresh. Uh, this is a very refreshing light drink. Pairs very nice with a light fish, maybe a couscous. Couscous. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just teasing. It's a great. No, I, I enjoy mojitos in the summer on the golf course. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they uh, they quench your thirst for sure, and that mint and that lime in there, um, you know, adds aroma to your nose, but also in your mouth. It's it's fantastic. And you can you can change it up a little bit. So I was actually playing with the idea tonight oh, of raspberry. whether or not adding yeah. raspberries. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. fresh berry, blackberries, blueberries, raspberry. You muddle seasonal. that in. You can make it seasonal. You can make it seasonal. Yeah. You can change it up. I had a birthday party for my wife when she turned forty, and I added a whole bunch of raspberry mojitos to the bar menu, and they were a total hit. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, that is a wrap for us on episode two, season two. And we're going hard. Uh, next week, uh, we're I'm off. I'm in uh, Alberta doing some work out there. And then we'll be back in two weeks. Give me some, something fresh. Fully know, leaded. Fully, potentially fully leaded. Yeah, I should be getting close to that 42 number. And uh, look forward to seeing you back in the... Uh, pot back in the lab all right uh thanks for everybody for listening and uh love you stay safe i love pizza